welcome to our Victory Outreach Chino podcast. We pray you are blessed, encouraged, and challenged with this message. If he says he'll do it, he will do it. He's a promise keeper. When he gives you a promise, it will surely happen if you continue to believe in it. Whatever God has spoken to you, promised you for this year, rest assured, if you keep praying for it, it will come. You keep seeking God for it, it will happen. Your kids are coming home. Prodigals are coming back. Your grandchildren are going to get saved. Your husband's going to get right. And so is she. <laughs> I, got to, I forgot to mention, Pastor Carlos, are you here? Where are you at? Are you still in this room? Well, there you are, right there. Pastor Carlos and Espina, his wife from Stockton Victory Outreach. He's my spiritual son in the faith. And it's his birthday this weekend. Give him a good hand. And now we're going to be uh, introducing our speaker. He's not a guest. He's family. And if you could stand with me, if you're not standing already, to introduce him. He's been now saved 25 years. He says, I got saved when you got married. I don't really know that helps me remember the, the number, 25 years. And then he got launched out, I think, two years after, all the way to the Philippines first, and then Indonesia. That's where he met his wife, Chica. And I told him, if, if you ever get out of ministry or if you want to do a side business, start Chucky and Chica's Chicken. <laughs> it has a good ring to it, doesn't it? Uh, 16 years now in South Africa, Cape Town. It's a base there, and I'm telling you, it's exploded into eight churches altogether in South Africa. And they're moving strong. It's all because of the United We Can membership and Run for Hope. Give the Lord a hand for yourself, too. We're all involved in this together. Let's give a good hand for our friend, our brother, Pastor Chucky Lopez. Praise the Lord. Come on, give Jesus one more good, good, radical round of applause. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Give your neighbor a high five. Tell him you're looking better already. You can go ahead and be seated. Praise the Lord. Don't go far. We're going to try to bring this in and, and going to have a good time this morning. How many love Jesus this morning? Amen. And, and uh, you know, there's been seasons. Pastor Sonny was talking about Chucky and Chica's chicken. There's been seasons where that, you know, I said maybe that was a prophecy. Hallelujah. How many of you have ever had a low season in their life? And you felt like you might get involved in something else. Hallelujah. But God has a way of reminding you of his plan, of his purpose, and his calling upon your life. And, and how many know when we're weak, then he's strong. Amen. Praise the Lord. And uh, it's good to be here this morning. And uh, it's good to see the Mother Church nice and full. And I believe that this year, 2024, how many believe 2024 has the potential to be the best year of our life? If you believe it, I need you to clap a little bit if you, if you believe that this year has the potential to be the best year of our lives. And uh, it's good. And, and I plan my year, the starting of my year, with the prayer summit in mind. I know that every year, January, I come in and we do our meetings in Mexico. And I say, you know what, I'm going to stay until the prayer summit. And I'm going to come and get, you know, get refreshed. You know, not even get refreshed. I think sometimes you just got to get some gas. 
Sometimes not even a refreshing. You're empty. Hallelujah. And I don't want to go into the year on an empty tank. I don't want to go in the year in a struggle. I want to be able to come into the year with a freshness in my heart, a freshness in my mind. Because how many know the, years, the year seems like it goes by fast, but the year can also be long. Because there's certain seasons in that year that begin to derail us from the promises that we stepped into in the beginning of the year. I know we step in with a lot of expectation, a lot of anticipation, but then we go through things, and those things can really, and if you go into the year already, that's why prayer summit is super important, super important. You start your year off right, amen? How many want to start their year off right, and I plan my year with the prayer summit in mind. Thank you for that, Pastor. I had a great, great time. I feel refreshed. I feel energized. Now I'm ready for the battlefield. Hallelujah. Go to, the, go to the war zone. Come on, somebody. I gotta, I've, I've been over here. I took my helmet off. You know, I'm just relaxing with friends and family. Now I go back to Cape Town. I put the helmet back on. Come on, somebody. Not just a shield in the front, but a shield in the back. Hallelujah. I mean, sometimes you got to get a shield in the back because you get those backstabbers. Yeah, you know. <laughs> they smile in your face. Come on. Backstabbers. We were with Motown last yesterday, smiling faces. My God, and I'm ready to get back. I'm fully shielded, and I'm ready to do what God called me to do. Amen. Praise the Lord, and, and bring you greetings from South Africa. Great things are happening. We are back. We really feel, man. I, I've been getting reports from just the services at the beginning of the year. All the services have been full to capacity, and the spirit of everything is back. And you could really feel. Like God has really positioned us. Went through a little season, but I believe that the Lord has been faithful to us. And sometimes you got to go through those seasons. I believe that. I believe that God, the word that the Lord gave me was that when you're a branch and you're in the vine, you have fruit. But God's desire for you is not just a fruitful season. God's desire is to have much fruit. And in order for you to transition from fruit to much fruit, you got to get pruned. And sometimes pruning is painful. And not just in our personal life, but even as a ministry, we went through a little bit of a pruning season. I thank God for Pastor that he was there for us. Hallelujah. Thank God for good leadership that steps in, not just in the good times, but even the bad times. Hallelujah. And Pastor Sonny and Sister Kim have really stepped in with my wife and I during some very difficult times. And I appreciate you guys. I love you guys very much. Thank you. Thank you for your, your, your leadership. Your leader, your love, and your leadership. How many appreciate their pastors? Hallelujah. But I'm here to declare that the pruning season is over, hallelujah, and now it's time to step into much fruit. Come on, 2024 is a season of much fruit for South Africa. Do you believe that with us? Amen. And so thank you for your prayers. United We Can family, thank you for your faithfulness and for your giving and all the finances that you raised for Run for Hope. It is truly making a difference all over the world. Amen. Maybe we could stand this uh, morning, and we're going to go ahead and get into it. And the, uh, the message that I want to minister this morning, um, I believe, has to do with the timing that we're in as Victor Outreach International. And I believe that the Mother Church uh, is, is the church and the ministry that God has called for years. I think it's been 56, 56 years, maybe more. That this church right here, the ministry right here, has pumped blood to the rest of the outreach all over the world. And if anything's going to happen, 
anything's going to happen as we step into this next dimension that God has for us as a movement, it starts right here. It starts right here at the Mama Church. And so I feel that the Lord has given me a word, a message that is going to be timely, hopefully preferably for your personal life, but I believe also for your corporate life, for your corporate life. How many believe we're in this thing together? Amen. And so hopefully you let me challenge you a little bit this morning. If not, I'm leaving tomorrow anyway. Hallelujah. And I'll see you next year. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> Open up your Bibles this morning to the book of Acts chapter 19, verse 8. And we're going to go ahead and read. And it's good to see all of our friends and co-laborers in the Lord. And I also want to thank uh, Mike and Stephanie just for their hospitality. Every time I come in, there's a they got like an Elijah little place there for me. So go ahead and go, to, go sleep, brother. Hallelujah. And I thank God for you guys. Appreciate you guys very much. Amen. Acts chapter 19. The Bible reads like this. Then Paul went to the synagogue and preached boldly for the next three months, arguing persuasively, persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some became stubborn, rejecting his message and publicly speaking against the way. So Paul left the synagogue and took the believers with him. Then he held daily discussions at the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for the next two years so that people throughout the province of Asia, both Jews and Greeks, heard the word of the Lord. Father, I pray for a Latter-day revival in Jesus' name. Amen. You could go ahead and be seated. Now, when you read and study the book of Acts, like I'm sure the ministry here in, in, in Chino and the Mother Church has looked at throughout the years, you will notice that when you look and you read the book of Acts, that the book of Acts has never had an end, that the book of Acts is still being written today, that you and I are writing the final chapters and the final pages of the book of Acts. And if you read and you study the book of Acts, you will see the mission and the vision that the church and that Jesus seen and, and Jesus wanted to see continually unfold within the life of the church. And when you look at the, the book of Acts, you will see different waves and different breakthroughs that took place. There was the wave that gave birth to the church in Jerusalem. Then there was the wave that took place in Antioch that broke barriers within the early church. Then there was the wave of Ephesus. And Ephesus was the wave that they say began to take the center of Christianity for the next 200 years. See, the first wave in Jerusalem established the principles and values and culture that would be necessary in the foundational stages of the church to make sure that there would be a ministry that was able to handle the trying seasons of the future so that the church could handle the test of time. The second wave of breakthrough broke the barriers necessary to assure that the gospel message would not be limited to just one group of people or one section of the world, but with the foundation of the first breakthrough and with the diversity of the second breakthrough, the church was now positioned to fulfill its greatest mission of reaching to the uttermost parts of the world. Then you look at the third wave of breakthrough, which I mentioned took place in Ephesus. Now, Ephesus became significant in that it was not only a breakthrough that was relevant for the immediate time, but a breakthrough that took the lead of Christianity Christianity for, for the next 200 years. So you had the wave of Jerusalem, the wave of Antioch, and then the wave of Ephesus. 
And God was positioning the church at large for the future that he had called them to. And I believe when you look at the breakthroughs of the book of Acts, you could relate them to the breakthroughs that we've seen take place in Victory Outreach International. We see the, the breakthrough that took place in the beginning, and it was in the, the early stages that the Holy Spirit gave birth to Victory Outreach and that pioneering generation. And that pioneer generation, similar to the breakthrough of Jerusalem, they established the principles, the values, and the culture. And together with the willingness to sacrifice everything, this has allowed us to be a part of a ministry that has been able to stand the test of time. That regardless if you've been here one week, one month, one year, 50 years, you belong to a ministry that has been tested. You belong to a ministry that has had up downs, up times and down times. And, and regardless of the seasons that have happened in the world, regardless of the seasons that have happened in society, we belong to a ministry that has stood the battles. We belong to a ministry that has been through some stuff. And so therefore, my friend, we are in good hands. How many believe we're in good hands? From that older generation to even our children, we can see that our future is still coming. How many believe that not only have we had a tremendous past, but we have a tremendous future? How many believe God for the future? Go ahead and clap those hands a little bit because I'm talking about your children and I'm talking about your children's children. That we belong to a ministry that has been through some stuff. But because of those foundational pioneers shaped a culture that was able to keep us who we are today, then you think, See, the second breakthrough, similar to the breakthrough of in Athlon that took place with the Gentiles, we see that the second wave of breakthrough with Victory Outreach International allowed us to not be limited to just drug addicts, gang members, and their families. But there was a generation that was growing up within our churches that was never on drugs, that was never locked in a prison but was able to say that no matter what background I come from, we will still commit ourselves to the mandate from heaven and continue reaching treasures out of darkness and continue reaching the inner cities of the world. I always am reminded of the testimony of Pastor Sonny Jr. when he first took on the, the at that time was called the youth ministry. And he started getting involved with the young people of Victory Outreach International. The ministry had been established at that point for about 20 years. And he began to take on leadership within the movement. And at that time, there was the majority of the breakthrough that had taken place with the ministry was with drug addicts, gang members, and their families. And Pastor Sonny Jr. began to take on leadership and he started to ask himself questions. Can I relate to these people? And I, I think there's even a story where he put on a beanie. And he wore a beanie and became a cholo for like about two minutes. Come on, somebody. Two-minute cholo endeavor. Hallelujah. And he was trying everything to relate to the people that God was calling him to lead. And started to get into prayer and, and began to cry out to God and say, God... I don't know if I can lead these people. I was, I was never a drug addict. I was, I was never a gang member. I was, I was never in prison. I, I don't come from the lifestyle that they come from. And then Jesus told them, neither was I. 
Neither was I, Sonny. The same way that I've loved them, I want you to love them. And with that truth in his heart, he began to find his place within the movement of Victory Outreach International. And then he stood before the congregation. He said, we're not the next generation. We're not the X generation. We're the God's anointed now generation and gave birth to the second wave of revival. And you can clap a little bit more. I'm talking about the presence of God and the call of God upon a man's life and that second wave with the mandate of heaven continued this great vision and brought us to where we're at today now we look at the third wave and I'm not talking about just a generation I'm talking about the timing of God the time that we're living in today this third wave that took place in Ephesus was in collaboration with the first two waves, the pioneers, and that breakthrough of Athlon gave, break, gave birth to the breakthrough of Ephesus. And this third wave that is taking place today, similar to the breakthrough that took place in Ephesus, began to put things in place to make the ministry relevant for today. But not only re relevant today, but I believe the strategies that our founder is putting in place in different parts of the world, and even Boston, is staying in step with this strategy of team and this strategy of establishing bases, is not only making us relevant for today, but it is positioning us, similar to the ministry of Ephesus, to be in the position that we need to be until Jesus comes back. How many believe that Jesus is coming? But until he comes, there's still souls to reach. There's still breakthroughs. There's still cities. There's still countries. Victory outreach is the vision still alive inside of our hearts that there's still more work to do. And with the move of today, we are more positioned than ever to stay relevant for the times that we're in, that there's room for everybody. That no matter what color you dye your hair, no matter what lifestyle you come from, there's place for you in the house of God. I, my, my daughter wanted to dye her hair. And I said, sister, I go here, watch online. And you see Brooklyn, Brooklyn, right? She didn't dye her hair. She's still relevant. You don't have to dye your hair to be cool. Come on, somebody. You're still a model. You're still a model right here in Victory Outreach International. But we get a lot of dyed hair in Cape Town. They come in, you know, especially during December. They dye their hair. And how many know that although our generation may not relate and we may not be able to connect, but there's people that God is raising up within the movement that says it doesn't matter if you can relate or not, we can relate. And we carry the same values. We carry the same principles. You may not be able to work with them, but we can work with them. How many believe that there's still a hurting people that are out there that need the love of Jesus Christ? And therefore, my friend, similar to the book of Acts, we could see these different breakthroughs and these different things that have happened within Victory Outreach International. The initial breakthrough that laid the culture and the foundation, the principles and the values the diversity of the second generation 
in collaboration with this third generation, we are positioned like the Church of Ephesus to stay on the cutting edge of Christianity for the next 200 years. If Jesus should tarry, we are in a place to continue to stay focused and stay committed to the mandate that the Lord has given to us. Therefore, I want to look at this breakthrough that took place in Ephesus and how could it relate to you and I today. The first thing that when I think about the breakthrough of Ephesus, I think of the timing of the breakthrough. There was a time, a, a divine time, that God wanted to do something within this part of the world. See, the very first significant thing that stands out to me when it comes to the breakthrough of Ephesus is the timing of the breakthrough. See, God's timing of things is always perfect. I was listening to a message by a man named Robert Morris. He says, God owns everything except a watch. But even though he doesn't own a watch, he's never late. God doesn't own a watch, but God is never late. See, if you look at this breakthrough that took place in Ephesus, you will notice that the Apostle Paul and his team tried to go into Asia Minor, which was the region of Ephesus, the region that Ephesus was located in, but he was not allowed by the Holy Spirit. It was not the devil that kept Paul out of Ephesus. It was the Lord. God kept Paul out of Ephesus because the timing of God is always perfect. He ran into a not now. How many have ever ran into a not now? And you get frustrated, you get discouraged. And not just from people, I'm talking about from the Lord. And you started the year with a vision in your mind of what your marriage was going to look like, of what your family was going to look like, of what your business was going to look like, what your ministry was going to look like. And the things that you had in your mind did not happen. And you began to feel frustrated and even want to give up on the idea. Paul was trying to go into Ephesus, but was not allowed by the Holy Spirit. See, God told him, not yet. I'm not saying no, but I'm saying not now. See, my friend, it was not time for Paul and what God wanted to do in Ephesus. Acts 16 says, next Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia, which where Ephesus was located. See, the first attempt to go into Ephesus was during his second missionary journey. The actual breakthrough that took place in Ephesus was in chapter 19, three chapters later, on his third missionary journey. He tried in Acts 16, got denied, but then was released in Acts 19 to experience breakthrough. So my question is, why the delay? Many of us sometimes experience a three-chapter delay. It didn't work on the first attempt. So we sometimes give up on the idea as if God did not give us that idea or God did not give us that promise. See, they say the reason that he experienced that delay is because the breakthrough that God wanted to bring in Ephesus was going to be the greatest breakthrough that was ever recorded in his missionary assignments. And because of the magnitude of what God wanted to do, he needed to take some extra time. Not just getting Ephesus ready, but more importantly, getting Paul ready. 
Because of what God wanted to do, Paul wasn't big enough yet. Paul couldn't handle the level of what God wanted to do in Ephesus. There was going to be some things that happened in Ephesus that was going to take position and position the ministry, position Christianity for the next 200 years. There was too much connected to Ephesus. And God needed to make sure that not only was Ephesus ready, but Paul needed to get himself ready. And so my friends, sometimes when things don't happen as fast as you thought they should happen, it's not God saying no. It's God saying you're not ready yet. I'm going to do things that are above and beyond all that you can ever think or imagine. So in order for me to bring that to pass, I got to do something with you. I got to get your heart ready. I got to get your mind ready. I got to get your marriage ready. I got to get your children ready. I got to get your finances ready. And when I'm busy getting all that ready at just the right time, I will release you, not because of what you're going to do in that city, but because of the results of that city, because of the results of that breakthrough. My friend, I'm here to let you know, some of you have been in delay. Some of you have been through some trial. Some of you have been through some bad times. But I got good news for you. God's been getting you ready, and now you are more ready than you've ever been. It is your time. If you believe it, clap a little bit. If you say, I've been through some stuff, but God's not done with me yet. I've been through some things, but he's not finished with me yet. I'm going to get myself up, and I'm going to step in to everything that he promised me. Hallelujah. We go through stuff in this life, and things don't always work out the way that we thought they would or the way that we hoped they would. But it does not mean that God did not promise that. It does not mean that God did not say that. Don't you allow that devil to take that seed from your life. When God made a promise, he's not a man that he should lie. And if God gave you a promise, then God knows how to bring it to pass. How many are willing to trust Jesus a little bit? If you're willing to trust him when you don't understand him, go ahead and clap those hands a little bit and say, it doesn't make sense to me, but I know that I know that I know that you gave me this promise, so I'm not letting go. I'm going to hold on to the word that you gave me. I'm going to hold on to the promise that you gave me for my marriage, for my family. For my children, for my business, for my ministry. It may not have happened at the speed that I wanted it to happen. But you're not done with me yet. You're not done with me yet. Come on, somebody. There's so much more to the story. You know, that's been my song for the last two years. Hallelujah. I was in a season of delay. Delay. Coming into the room and worried about the way people think. What does he think? What does she think? What do they think? And the opinion, because you're not living the result yet. People judge you on the now. 
They look at your now, but they don't know what God said about your tomorrow. You got to just stop and say, hey, watch this space. Come on, somebody. Just keep your eye on this space. It may not be what you thought it was going to be, but if you keep watching, I got good news for you. The God that I serve is a faithful God, and God is able to take it and turn it around. How many believe that God is working it out? I know it's easy to thank God for what you see him doing, but can you thank God for the things you don't see him doing? There's some stuff that he's doing on the backside that you don't even know what he's doing. He's getting things ready. He's orchestrating things. If you believe that he's busy with the promise, he's putting everything in place that needs to be put in place so that when you step in, everything that he promised will come to pass. He's got to get us to the level that we need to be because there's so much more connected to the fulfillment of the promise although we love it for our personal but God is saying it's bigger than you what I do to you my ultimate plan is that I can do it through you and if you're not on level then you will take it for yourself say oh thank you Jesus my breakthrough, my miracle, you know. And then there's someone in three rows behind you that needs that miracle. And you're holding on to it. But God is saying, I didn't do it just to you. I want to do it through you. But you need to be big enough, mature enough to be able to let it flow. Tell your neighbor, let it flow. Hallelujah. Let it flow through our life, whether it's a miracle in our marriage or a miracle with our children, whatever the miracle may be, it's a lot bigger than us. See, the first time Paul tried to go into Asia Minor or Ephesus, he got delayed because God needed to grow him, grow his capacity, grow his mentality so that he could manage the magnitude of what God wanted to do. Some of us can experience it, but can you manage it? We don't want a here today, gone tomorrow type of breakthrough. And if we're not ready, the breakthrough will come to us, and then it will just die with us. Hallelujah. How many say, not with me, not on my watch. Hallelujah. I don't want just the breakthrough for myself, but I want it to flow through my life. See, God allowed Paul to experience, if you study after he went to Asia Minor, the Bible says in the midnight hour when he was in his darkest place of frustration, God gave him a next step. He said, come over here to Macedonia. Because in Macedonia, I'm going to reveal some things to you. And I'm going to give you a little bit of success. But then he went to Athens. He had a little bit of success in Macedonia. And he had a little bit of failure in Athens. So after you get delayed, you still experience little breakthroughs. How many thank God for that? If I didn't get no breakthroughs at all, I would have came home. Chucky's Chica's Chicken, here we come. Hallelujah. Chucky and Chica's Chicken, and I would have rented a spot right here in the parking lot. Hallelujah. You would have had the 4th of July booth and Chucky and Chica's Chicken. You would have, you would have had the Christmas tree lot and Chucky and Chica's Chicken. But I thank God that he gave me a little taste. 
He gave me a little taste. He didn't give me the fullness of the breakthrough, but he gave me enough to remind me, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm still with you. My calling is still real. You may not be where you want to be, but how many thank God that you're not where you used to be? Go ahead and clap a little bit if you're grateful for the faithfulness of God. Give you a little bit of success and a little bit of failure. Because sometimes you learn better lessons, not from the success. The success just keep you, give you peace of mind. Hallelujah. But the failures, the unsuccessful efforts that feel like they're hitting the wall and nothing's happening. How many have ever been there? You got oil. Your kid was sleeping. You went in there and slapped him with oil. You heard a testimony of somebody... I used to go in my kid's room and put oil on them. And you said, all right, I'm going to do that. I'm going to get some oil, and I'm going to put it on my kid. And the kid, instead of getting better, got worse. So the things that you tried, I fasted for five days. See, fasting doesn't manipulate God. You can't manipulate God into doing something that he knows he's going to do in the timing that he knows he's going to do it in. Fasting prepares you to trust God. When you separate, you get into a better place and say, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know that I know that I know that it is going to happen. And so therefore, I trust you, God. The combination of success and failure was the recipe to shape capacity. Third wave, you could write a rap about that. Hallelujah. I don't even remember what I said. Come on, somebody. Get it on the YouTube channel. Hallelujah. To shape the capacity so that you can handle the magnitude of what God wants to do in Ephesus. It's bigger than who you are. And God is saying, I'm not going to waste my miracle. I'm going to get you ready. And if you will trust me and will not derail and not park it somewhere, if you will not get shipwrecked somewhere, but if you will stay the course in good times and bad times and trust that I know what I'm doing and I know the timing to do it, then my friend, I will blow your mind when things begin to happen. They're going to happen at a rapid pace. I'm here to say 2022 may have been a little bit of delay. 2023 may have been a little bit of delay. But 2022 is over. 2023 is over. And now it's 2024. How many are ready for 2024? You're in a different level. You're a different person. Your mind is different. Your heart is different. Clap a little bit if this is going to be the best year of your life. Hey, hallelujah. Delay, my friend, is not denial. We go through whatever we need to go through because sometimes God allows it. Because it's in those seasons that God does what he has to do on the inside of a man. On the inside of a woman. We can all look good in church. We can all look good. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. Some of the ones that have the most powerful tongues, you know. You know. Sound like a car. You know. That thing that wing wing, you know. Then when you go home, it's like Grinding the gears. Hallelujah. God's not worried about the outside of you. God is worried about the inside of you. 
And it's that dark season that does something on the inside. How many thank God for the internal work that the Lord does inside of our life? So my point is, the timing of God is always perfect. And I believe that I'm speaking this prophetically. That 2022 and 2023 was a season of delay for some of us. Now 2024, you bring the lessons of 2022, the lessons of 2023. And you don't get disgruntled, don't get bitter. Don't walk around downcast. Woe is me. Leave your violin in the parking lot. Hallelujah. We got good violins up here. They got to keep their violin. Hallelujah. Keep the, if you're going to play a violin, you got to play like that. Hallelujah. Don't come with that sad song, my friend. Because we all been through some stuff in our life. Come on, somebody. Put that violin away. Pick up that harp of praise. And say, although I may not understand you, but I'm going to bless the Lord anyway. Is there anybody here that says, I will bless the Lord anyway? How many know we got to give him some praise regardless of what we've been through? God is a good God. And he allows us to go through things to prepare and equip and deal with our life. So that we can handle the magnitude of what he wants to do. See, the second thing, and uh, i got some time, hallelujah. The second thing that I believe was important to this breakthrough of Ephesus was that the breakthrough was spiritual before it was natural. That's why prayer summit's important. Because if anything's going to happen through you, it's got to happen to you. And it's in settings and atmospheres like that that the Lord does some spiritual stuff to us. How many know we're spiritual beings? So we got to get a little more spiritual. Hallelujah. Don't get too spiritual, you know. F flying around in here, you know. <laughs> Start getting spooky, you know. Hallelujah. But it is spiritual. And then it's, you know, flows into the natural. Hallelujah. See, the second thing that is important for us to understand is that although I believe many of us are in the timing of God, there is still a spiritual battle and a spiritual stance that you and I must be continually, consciously aware of. When Paul came into Ephesus, three chapters after the delay, he comes in, verse chapter 19. This is his initial beginning of the breakthrough of Ephesus. In verse 1 it says, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus. On the coast where he found several believers, disciples some versions even say. And then Paul's question says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he says, well, what baptism did you experience? The baptism of John. Paul says, John's baptism was a call from repentance, bring you out of darkness into the light. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of, of the Lord Jesus. Then Paul laid his hands on them. 
and the Holy Spirit came on them. And the Bible says that they began to speak in other tongues and prophesy. See, some believers limit their walk with God. They experience salvation. They say, thank you, Jesus. I'm not the same person I used to be. I'm a new man in Christ. The old is gone and the new has come. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God bless you, brother. And they come in and they're new. Hopefully they're not cigarettes is also part of the old. Get rid of your frajos. Hallelujah. Get rid of that wine. Come on, somebody. It's no sipping saints. Hallelujah. That's all with the old. But Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life in abundance. So I don't know about you, but I'm not going to settle with life. I thank God I'm not getting high. I thank God I'm not in Motel 6 no more. Come on, somebody. Motel, hotel, Holiday Inn. Come on. I never made it to Holiday Inn. Hallelujah. I should have wrote a new song. Motel, motel, you know. I went to the Vagabond. Hallelujah, you know. The Sleazy Eight. Come on, somebody. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. In there, you know, get a late checkout, right? Hey, can I get a late checkout, you know? Hoping something happens, you know, so you can pay for another night. Hallelujah. I thank God I'm not in a motel no more. I thank God I'm not smoking a pipe no more. I thank God I'm not in the streets no more. I thank God I'm not in a prison cell no more. I thank God Jesus set me free and gave me a brand new life. If you're grateful that he delivered you, go ahead and clap a little bit. If you, if you think about where you were and you think about where you're at, you can be grateful to God. But I got good news for you. He's not done with you yet. There's glory to glory to glory. He's got more for you. He's got another level for you. He's got things that will blow your mind. But many times we miss out because we settle in the initial stage of our breakthrough. And we stop at John's baptism. We stop at, you know, that miracle story. I think I still got the video when they dipped me in water, you know. I came out, you know what I mean? I was, I was bald. I didn't have to shake my hair. I had a bald, I was bald again. Hallelujah. But I was like literally shaved my head bald. Now I'm just bald natch on the natch. Hallelujah. But I didn't have to shake my hair. I was just like, whoa, you know. Orale. You know I mean? <laughs> That's heavy. You know I mean? Come on. <laughs> but that was the beginning. That was the initial stage to this thing. There was new levels that the Lord wanted to take me to. And I couldn't settle in the breakthrough of the past if I was going to walk in the breakthroughs of the future. I needed a fresh breakthrough for the season that God was about to take me into. And you know what I've noticed is that every time the Lord wants to take me into a new place, he's got to bring me to a new breakthrough. And if I resist the new breakthrough, then I miss out on the new window. Every season, I believe this is probably going to happen until I get to heaven. Hallelujah. When I get to heaven, I say, Lord, how come you couldn't just do it once, you know, just a, a one time. And I walked on water the whole time. Hallelujah. Because I got a human side. And that human side gets entangled. That human side gets sucked into the worry and the anxieties of life. And when I'm in that deep, I was doing so good and now I'm doing so bad. How many have ever been there? 
I was walking on water, and now I'm sinking under the water I was walking on. We've all been there. And if I want to everything, new levels that the Lord has for me, then I need the freshness of his, of his breakthrough. I need the freshness of his Holy Spirit upon my life. And I believe it's the same for all of us. John's baptism was, was good for a season. But for what God wanted to do in Ephesus, these believers and these disciples needed a freshness of God's breakthrough within their life. Luke 5 says, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins. And the wine will run out and the, and the wineskin will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And I believe God is pouring out a new wine within our ministry. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss out on what God is doing. I thank God for what he did in the past. But I believe there's a new window, a new breakthrough. And I want to be a part of it. How many want to be a part of what God is doing now? Go ahead and put those hands together. If you say, don't count me out, I'm still in. And I'm ready and willing to do what I got to do. There was two types when it came to this breakthrough. There was the magicians and the sorcerers. These ones, when they experienced what was happening in Ephesus, the Bible says in Acts 19, many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. A number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation, means their, their magical books, and burned them at a public bonfire. The value of them was several million dollars. Several million dollars. All of their years of investment. And they came into this breakthrough. And they looked at what God was doing. They said, we're willing to give it all up for this new season and this new chapter. How many want to be all the way in? How many want to get all the way in? Some of you got real quiet. That growth challenge should be a part of this. Hallelujah. I want to get up. Anything that's entangling me, anything that's holding me, anything that's distracting me, I'm willing to put it in the bonfire, and I'm willing to step into the future that God has for my life. Regardless of the price, this group, my friend, was all the way in. They were not going to let anything get in the way of them being a part of the fresh thing that God was doing in the city of Ephesus. Then you had another group of people. These were the seven sons of Sceva. You know what's heavy is they were all in the same chapter and they were all a part of the same breakthrough. The seven sons of Sceva, they wanted the same results, but they didn't want to make the sacrifices necessary to get into those same results. Verse 13 says, a group of Jews was traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. They had a little bit of, you know, breakthrough then they tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their exorcism. He said, I command you in the name of Jesus, who Pastor Sonny Jr. preaches about. Come on, somebody. Who Pastor Phil preaches about. Who Sister Kim preaches about. Who Paul preaches about to come out of here. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest. These were the sons of this priest. We're doing this. But one time, my God, the Bible says they tried this casting out the spirit in the name, you know, in the influence and the power of somebody else, but they didn't have the power for themselves. Come on, somebody. And the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus, I know Paul, but who are you? Yeah. 
that's a South African one. Sure. You just say, sure. I don't know how you do it in Spanish. Sure. You know, I don't know. <laughs> you guys take it to another level. Hallelujah. That's just a, this is yo. Sure. Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. Who are you? My God. I don't know about you, but I've been gone. I'm like, I'm out. Hallelujah. He probably would have ran like that demon probably could run fast too. You know what I mean? They got that supernatural. You're trying to run. He's just running next to you. You know, like. <laughs> you're like, ah. You're like, hey, 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 hey. You know. Come on, somebody. And this spirit, the Bible says the man with the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them, attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house. Get this. Butt naked. You can edit that, hallelujah, butt naked, these guys. No, it's in the Bible, hallelujah, butt naked. Whooped them so much that their clothes came off. Because they tried to move in the breakthrough in what they seen happening. But never got the experience for themselves. They should have been at the bonfire. They should have been at the bonfire. And they should have got rid of the things that they needed to get rid of. Then they could have walked in the same power. This power, my friend, is not just for a selected group of people. But it's for anyone who's willing to pay the price. Victory Outreach Mama Church, are you ready to pay the price? 2024, it's going to be the best year of your life. I don't know about you, but I don't want to come to the end of this year in the same condition that I started. If that one's getting a house and that one's getting a breakthrough, then I want everything that God has for me. I want to see my children saved. I want to see my marriage restored. God is not a respecter of person. If he can do it for him and he can do it for her, then God can do it for me. This year, my friend, this could be the best year of your life if you're willing. If you're willing to come to the bonfire and get rid of the things that you need to get rid of. I got to get to this last point real fast. Sorry. I'm, I'm almost there. Timing, spiritual aspect, you need to get spiritual. You got to get discipled, get connected. Let someone have a place in your life so you can get rid of the stuff that holds you back. Embrace the voice of another. There is no self-made man. There's no self-made marriage. There's no self-made business. There's men and women that have experience in here. And the same way God did it for them, God can do it for you if you learn to tap in and connect to it and be open to the discipleship that takes place, getting rid of the old and walking in the new. My last, well, my second last point is real quick, is they took ownership. You got to take ownership of the breakthrough. See, the, the, the breakthrough came through, Paul, but there was imparted. The Bible says Paul opened up a school. He got kicked out of the synagogue, and I think he went next door. Paul's, Paul's heavy, huh? Kick me out of here, I'll be right here, you know? <laughs> and even some of the people left with him, some of the priests that came with him, I'm going to be with you, Paul. All right, but we're going to be next door. You sure you want to be right here? See what they did to the last guy, you know? Put him on a cross, you know what I mean? Paul said to live as Christ. Come on, somebody. To die is gain. Hallelujah. That would be some heavy disciples. I'll be like, brother, call me on Sundays. You know what I'm saying? I'll come once a week, but I'm not going to be here every day. You know what I mean? 
These guys were there every day. And the Bible says Paul would impart to them. That's why it's so important for you to get around those that have been building. Because there's the future is connected to you. And as they came to this school, Paul invested in them. They left that school. And this is what the mother church has done. They left that school. And the Bible says everywhere in Asia Minor, Greeks, Gentiles, everyone who walked heard the message of the Lord. You know, in 1967, people started coming to school. They started coming out of the, off the streets and they started coming into the school. And Pastor Sonny Sr. was in that school imparting in them. And the anointing would come upon him and he would say, some of you... God is going to raise you up to be evangelists. God is going to raise you up to be pastors. And the same thing that happened in Ephesus happened in Victory Outreach. And I believe that there's one more wave. But if we want the results of that wave, then we got to take the position of that wave. And my friend, we too will begin to go to different places. That's why from South Africa, we reach here. That's why in Boston, we reach from here. That's why in Australia. That's why in New Zealand. That's why in the Philippines. It all started right here. You are the mom. You are the ones that have given birth to the movement of victory outreach all over the world. And I'm here to declare one more time. How many are ready for one more wave of revival? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can stand with me. And that was supposed to be a short point. Hallelujah. Here's the last one. The last one. This is what in the prayer this morning, I felt like this was important. Important especially for the mama church. You had the timing. We've, we agree we're in the timing of God. God has taught us some stuff. We're in a different place today than we were yesterday. We're more wise. We're more stable. We're more strong. We're ready for the magnitude of what God wants to do. Stay spiritual. Don't get left behind. Don't miss out. Come to the bonfire. Come to the bonfire and burn away. Whatever it costs, if it's hindering your future, get rid of it. Get rid of it and watch God do more than you can imagine. Thirdly, come close and by the fire you'll be close. Hallelujah. My last point is that you and I have a responsibility to protect. To protect what God has done over these last 56 years. This is a ministry that has been entrusted. There's no entitlement here. None of us deserve nothing. Regardless of the background. Chica was never on drugs. Neither was Alexis. Thank you. Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Gabriel in the name of Jesus. Double, double. In the name, in the name, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I pray for my kids. But my wife, I think it's safe to say she's never used drugs. I can't see her. I'm go getting high right now, you know, chica, you know. Imagine that. Get over here, girl, you know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. But chica, she's walked on water. She surfs, you know. She's like, yeah. She does tricks on the water, you know. She's like, yeah. It's like an ice skater. Hallelujah. But regardless of the background, she still has a responsibility to protect. So whether I come from that or she don't come from that, 
So no matter what generation and no matter what lifestyle we come from, we all have equal responsibility to protect, to protect the heart and the mind of the purpose that God gave birth to Victory Outreach International. In Acts 20, this was Paul after he left Ephesus. Now he's making his trip to Jerusalem. And on his way to Jerusalem, the Bible says Paul decided to sail past Ephesus. For the breakthrough was already happening. You know, sometimes Pastor Sonny moves like that, you know. South Africa, okay, you got it, you know. He's like, no, I don't, you know, help, hallelujah. You got it, brother. For he didn't want to spend any more time there, my God, in the province of Asia. He was hurrying to get to Jerusalem. If possible, in time for the festival of Pentecost. But when he landed, he sent a message. And he says, I may not be able to go to you, but you come to me. The leadership of Ephesus. He felt that the breakthrough was in good hands. So I don't have to go back there anymore. It's in a good place. But I know what Jerusalem holds. And I'm not sure if I'll ever have a chance. So let me get the leadership. Calls the leadership of Ephesus and says, hey, I'm going to have a conversation with you before I leave to Jerusalem. And in chapter 20, he tells them this. Guard yourself and guard the people. Feed and shepherd the flock. The church purchased with his own blood over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. I know that false teachers like vicious wolves will come in among you after I leave, not sparing the flock. Even some men from your own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following to themselves. Verse 31 says, watch out. Watch out, hallelujah, trucha, hallelujah. Some of you are sitting there, you're thinking, trucha, he's already here, hallelujah. Remember the three years I was with you. My constant watch and the way I modeled. The way I lived amongst you. Live in the same spirit. And stay diligent. I thank God for our founders. I thank God for our elders. I thank God for the leadership that they never shrank back no matter what battle they went through. You never sensed them ministering from a bitter spirit or a weird spirit. They've always stayed true to who we are. So as we get our breakthrough and we begin to take on our responsibilities, the same way they have a responsibility, each and every one of us have a responsibility. Until Jesus comes, we must not just reach people, but we must disciple and train them in the heartbeat and the mindset of who we are. We are Victory Outreach. We've been called by God to do something specific in society don't get away from who we are don't start following this and that and all these things be careful what you listen to be careful who you allow to have that place in your mind and that place in your heart be careful with social media be careful with all these negative conversations guard your life he says guard yourself and guard the people that have been entrusted to you. Guard your wife. I try to guard Chica. Hallelujah. 
Most of the time, she's guarding me. Hallelujah. Chica's a better guard than I am. Come on, somebody. She says, wow. You know. She's probably going to rebuke me after this message. She guards me. Hallelujah. But I guard my kids. Guard my house. I thank God for the mother church. I sent my daughter here. Come. Go, go there to the winter retreat. I may not be able to provide that here for you yet, but it's there. Get there. And she got there, and Philip's daughter praying over her life, praying over her life. The oldest one, is that Marissa? Mariah, Marissa? Marissa. Praying over her life. Church kid to church kid. PK to PK. Understanding probably some of the things that I don't even understand. Praying over her life. Praying over her mind. There's good stuff in the outreach. We don't have to get it over here and get it over there. We must guard who we are. That's why we're believing God in this third wave. That regardless of the background you came from. Regardless of the lifestyle that you came from. We still got a mission. We still got principles. We still got values. We still got a heartbeat of who we are. And we must guard and protect who we are. The anointing flows through who we are. I said the anointing flows through who we are. That's why people that are suicidal can come into the house of God and be delivered without anybody laying hands on them because there's an anointing upon us to reach treasures out of darkness and darkness looks a lot different today. The Bible says, work while it is day because the night is coming. There's going to be a time where darkness is all over. Not just in the drug addict, but in anxiety, in depression. COVID, the post-COVID generation is in darkness. And they may not be on drugs, but they're in darkness. And a promise for us is not just called the drug addicts. We're called to those in darkness. We got an anointing to go into dark places. How many are ready to go into some dark places and let them know it's not done, it's not over? We got one more wave of revival. Lift your hands all over this place. Hey, hey. Come on, lift up that worship. Thank you for joining our podcast. We pray these messages build, encourage, and strengthen you in your faith. If you would like to partner with us, the Mother Church is a great place to sow a seed. So head on over to our website at viochino.org and click the giving link located at the top of the page. Also, we would love to hear from you. So leave us a praise report, prayer request, or if you've given your life to the Lord, let us know by filling out the salvation card. We would love to connect with you and help you get started on your journey of serving God here at Victory Outreach Chino.